Greetings, and welcome to episode 40 of the Prometheus Project Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Bist. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of creativity. Since this is Halloween week here in the U.S., I thought it'd be interesting to explore the art of fear. Now, before I get started, I do want to clarify, there, to me, there's a difference between fear and being scared. To me, being scared is when somebody jumps out at you and yells boo or pops a balloon behind you and makes you jump. That's being scared. Fear, though, is something more ingrained in us, something that's more primordial, something that gets us at our core. And that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit today. You know, and it it seems like fear has always been a subject of art. You know, paintings, stories, sculpture, songs, going way back to the early days of human history. I assume it's because fear is one of our basic emotions, something that evolved to help keep us alive when we were wandering the barren plains and frozen tundras back in the day. And from that standpoint, I understand it. I mean, when we were having to deal with saber-toothed tigers and other beasts that fancied us for dinner, fear was, well, it was our savior. As time passed, we weren't necessarily as vulnerable as when we were living in the caves. We built houses, established families, grew communities. Yet through it all, fear persisted. Despite the relative safety we immersed ourselves in, we still had this primal need for fear to feel it or experience it, even if we were safe and comfortable in our homes surrounded by loved ones. Initially, you know, we'd sit around campfires and tell stories of creatures that stalked us in the night, probably a combination of both real and imaginary. You know, back then we didn't have much understanding of the world and the universe around us, so we had to fill in the blanks as best we could. So, developing supernatural explanations was our solution. And most of those supernatural solutions were scary and creepy. I mean, think about it. Many of the ancient gods and goddesses were like this, you know, both benevolent and malicious, many of them taking pleasure in tormenting humans. The ancient Egyptian, Greek, and Roman gods were like this, and our forebears wove many detailed stories about the torments and tortures that they apparently experienced. And while we continued to advance and evolve, so did our fears. The things that scared us hundreds of years ago, like, you know, werewolves or vampires, are now more mainstream and accepted. You know, we've got stories like Twilight and Interview with a Vampire that aren't quite scary. They're more romanticized. Those shuffling zombies from Night of the Living Dead lost their appeal as objects of fright, so they ended up making them run after us. And don't get me started on the logistics of a dead person running. I can accept shuffling zombies, but not one that can run the 40-yard dash in eight seconds. What I find interesting, though, is how we seem to find something that scares us. Take the zombie example I just mentioned, and we eventually build up a tolerance to it. So we have to tweak it to make it scarier. In a way, it's almost as if fear were a drug. We take a certain dose over and over again to fulfill some primal need that we have, But eventually, we begin to build up a tolerance to it. So we have to up the dosage. Or if that's not enough, we have to find some new source to satisfy our craving. A good example of this is horror movies. Now, if you look at the evolution of horror films starting in, say, the 1950s up till today, you can chart an evolution of intensity. Here 
in the United States, the 1950s and 1960s were big decades for movie monsters. Many of them, these big creatures and aliens. You know, we had the giant spiders in uh, them. Undersea monsters in It Came From 20,000 Fathoms. And all sorts of sci-fi stuff like The Thing, uh, Forbidden Planet, and eventually 2001, A Space Odyssey. Throughout the 1970s, the 80s, and the 90s, horror continued to evolve. In my opinion, the 70s were really a transitional period for horror. In fact, many of the films and books that came out in this time frame are still talked about today, are still listed on best-of lists. I mean, you got The Exorcist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Shining, the book, the movie came out in 1980, uh, Carrie, The Omen. Plus, you had horror showing up in popular music. I mean, perfect example, the band Black Sabbath arguably hit their peak in the 70s with their Doom-inspired songs, and they, in turn, inspired other bands. And even though the horror intensified from simple jump scares and off-screen mayhem to blood and guts splattering everywhere, the audiences continued to want more. To me, that shows that there's more to horror in general than just being scared. I mean, sure, people like the adrenaline rush they get from being scared. No, people can get addicted to those adrenaline rushes. But I think there's more to it than that. Now, I realize that horror isn't for everyone. And even those who enjoy it, like me, prefer some types of horror more than others. Personally, I'm a fan of old-school horror, not just the goofy man-in-a-rubber-monster-suit horror like those old Godzilla films or King Kong, but also the classic stuff that Hitchcock and William Castle made. Good, solid stories and slow-burning tension. The same with my horror fiction. I'm a huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe, H.P. Lovecraft, the clarify the stories, not the man. <laughs> and then, of course, Shirley Jackson and other similar writers. The modern stuff tends to focus too much on the, on the torture and gore. I find it more uncomfortable and cringing than scary. But, of course, that's just my personal taste. So, when I say there's more to the horror genre than just scares, what I mean is that there's an art to instilling fear in your audience. To me... Horror is much like comedy in that it can be subjective and dis difficult to pull off well. I think that's why so many horror films and books rely on the gore and the blood. Everyone reacts to that. But building slow tension, getting into your audience's head, messing with their minds, that takes skill. There's a difference between showing some killer slicing their victim open on the screen and having it happen off camera, or off the page if you will. I think it was Hitchcock who said something along the lines that having something happen off screen is far more effective because the audience, what the audience can conjure up in their imaginations will be much more frightening than what we could show them on the screen. And I kind of agree with that. I think it can apply to any form of storytelling. What the writer or the director doesn't say or show you can be just as meaningful or even more so than what they can show you. I mean, consider the movie Psycho for a moment. The iconic scene where Janet Leigh is attacked in the shower isn't necessarily graphic. You don't actually see her being stabbed. What you do see is the fear on her face, the knife repeatedly descending, the shower curtain being torn, blood in the water, and Leigh's cries of terror. Coupled with the sound of the screaming violin, you jump and cringe and feel your heart pound in your chest. 
We don't need to see the knife penetrating her skin. We don't need to see blood splattering on the ceiling and walls. Hitchcock gives us just enough to allow our imaginations to fill in the blanks. And we end up terrified. And even though I've seen that scene dozens of times over the years, and I know that it's coming, I still jump in my seat and feel fear. That, my friends, is creativity and art. And just because... I'm weird like this. Here's a fun fact. The blood in the water in that iconic shower scene was actually chocolate sauce. They used it because it had the same consistency as real blood, but because it was a black and white movie, you couldn't tell the difference in color. So my guess is that afterwards they all had chocolate milkshakes to celebrate. But back to my point. Fear is an art form. To me, it doesn't matter if it's something slow and intense like a Hitchcock thriller or an in-your-face splatterfest like a Return of the Living Dead or Lovecraft Country. Either way, there's a lot of creativity involved. People thought these things up. They pictured them in their heads and then made it a reality. There's a vast difference between Poe and Lovecraft and Stephen King. I mean, they all have different styles and tell different types of horror. But in the end, they're all going for the same result, to scare us. As I mentioned a few moments ago, I'm not a huge fan of the gore-based horror. I mean, it has its place in the overall genre, but for me it's done for gross-out effect. What I mean is, it doesn't scare me as much as gross me out, and when it's overdone, it becomes more comedic than scary. Off the top of my head, a good example is um, this new HBO series, Lovecraft Country. Now, I love the show. It's great acting, great writing, interesting stories. But the gore factor can be a little over the top, and I find myself laughing at it. And I'm not sure if that's what the showrunner was shooting for, but that's the result. And in the end, I end up a bit, I don't know, I guess confused by it. Was I supposed to be scared when the bodies exploded and gore covered all the actors? Because I wasn't. I was initially grossed out, and then I laughed at how ridiculous it was. Maybe they're trying to straddle the line between uh, horror and comedy. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but the show promos made it out to be horror. So, yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure what to make of it. I'm going to keep watching it because I really like it. Um, Regardless, I continue to come back for more. Why? Because, unlike many other people, I like that rush I get from being scared. When I'm reading some author like Poe or Shirley Jackson, I like that feeling I get when I'm immersed in the story. I can feel my heart pounding, my breathing becomes harder, deeper, and I might have to pause every now and then to peek over the top of the book and make sure I'm, you know, still alone in the room. Of course, tastes do vary in horror, exploring fear, it's not for everyone. And of course that's okay, we all have our little vices, I guess. I like to get scared every so often, and I'll admit, I don't mind a little freaky grossness if it serves the overall story. You know, like the alien exploding out of the guy's chest in the first Alien movie. Gross? Yes. Freaky and scary? Absolutely. The first time you see it, you find yourself crawling up the back of your chair. (laughs) Subsequent viewings, you know it's coming, but it's still freaky as hell. But that's just, you know, good storytelling. Overall, I think that fear is ingrained in us and we use art to both feed that need and to explore why the things scare us we're all afraid of the unknown the darkness the things we don't understand 
That's where all those nasties come from. That's where they came from centuries ago. We didn't understand the darkness, the noises we heard in the shadows. So we created monsters to explain it and to keep us from wandering off in the night. For many artists, their art is a way of exploring their own fears and nightmares. H.R. Uh, Geiger's a great example of this. His art is both fascinating and terrifying. Oh, and another fun fact, he was the one who designed all the aliens for the Alien movie franchise. As a horror writer, I've been asked where I get my ideas, if they come from dreams and nightmares, or are these things that simply live in my head. I don't think that my stories necessarily come from my own fears. I'm not someone who's obsessed by fear. I mean, I have, I'm afraid of things. I'm afraid of running into a barracuda when I'm diving in the ocean. I'm afraid of a meteor striking the planet without warning. I'm afraid of tornadoes, but that comes from having survived a series of them hitting a town I lived in when I was a kid. The interesting thing about my fears is that I don't feel like I'm scared of much in normal, everyday life. Other than the few things I just mentioned, I don't think about it much. Life is chaotic. The universe is uncaring. So worrying about death or car accidents or things like that seems kind of pointless. But I do feel drawn towards existential fear, the fear of the unknown, particularly things we don't know about or don't understand. Um, space, for example. I love astronomy, the planets and stars and all that empty space in between. But at the same time, it frightens me. There's so much we don't know about what's out there, the possibilities. Like, we surely can't be the only intelligent life in the entire universe. But at the same time, what would other intelligent life look like? What would it be like? How would they react to us if they knew we existed? Would they be benevolent? Malevolent? Will they invite us to dinner? Will they have us for dinner? I think that's why I'm a fan of stories and art that make me feel dread and that slowly creeping fear that revolve around things we can't see or can't understand. That's far more terrifying than seeing a guy with a knife chasing co-eds through a lakeside campground. Fear is simply a part of human existence, isn't it? We can't escape it, but we can explore it, try to understand it, maybe even comes to come to terms with it. To step away from the art aspect for a moment, fear in everyday life is something we also need to explore and understand. Fear is the root cause of a lot of our issues like racism, bigotry, xenophobia, fear of the other, the unknown, fear of things we don't understand or are alien or foreign to us, fear of people who look different than we do or speak with an accent or follow a different custom or religion. Fear causes people to do really stupid things. However, if we could just step back and examine our fears from another perspective, we might be able to better understand where they come from and perhaps learn to overcome them. That's why I think exploring fear and horror in art is important. It's giving us that alternative perspective, allowing us to view it from a safe place. Sure, maybe I'm being naive or overly optimistic, but I truly believe that art is a powerful tool, that it holds a mirror up to society and ourselves and allows us a chance to explore and understand. We shouldn't pass on those op- those opportunities when they present themselves. We might actually make things better, at least for a little while. So 
For this show closeout, maybe you should try to explore one of your own personal fears. We're all afraid of something. Even the, the toughest tough guy has a couple of fears hidden away. I mean, maybe you're afraid of spiders or wide open spaces or heights or crowds or hell, maybe you're afraid of the color purple. There's no shame in feeling fear for things. It's human nature. So here's what I'd like you to do. Create something based on one of your personal fears. And it might be fun to try to do it in a different way. For example, if you're afraid of dogs, don't simply write a scary dog story like Cujo. Instead, look at it from the dog's perspective. Interesting, right? I mean, are you afraid of graveyards? Then write a poem about the dead that reside there from their perspective. Are you afraid of the new neighbors because they're from another country and they look different or speak with a weird accent? Then paint a picture of them, but do it from their point of view. People in a new country, new city, new house. Hey, maybe you're the one that's scaring them. The point here is to get you to see things from another perspective, to examine the basis of fear, the root cause. I mean, sure, it may not change your mind about your fear, but then again, hey, it may help you to understand it better. And maybe help you to better manage your fears. All right, well, until next time, please be safe, be kind, be creative. Cheers. <laughs>